Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome into the Aggie Up podcast. This is Isaac Traxler. I'm joined by Seth Tubaw as usual. Seth, what's up? Sorry, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Seth, good to have you on here. We're also going to be joined by uh, Ryan Cruz. He's from... um, he covers Colorado State, uh, runs the Scout website at, uh, for um, for the Colorado State Scout site, and uh, and so he's joining us today. Saturday, obviously, we're previewing the uh, the big matchup between Colorado State and Utah State. It seems like, in my opinion, the winner of that is kind of be going to be in the in the driver's seat of the uh, of the division. So um, it, we don't know. You know a lot about these teams. It's still early in the season, but um, it'll definitely prove to uh, prove to us. You know, show us who's the uh, who's a contender and who's not to a certain extent. So, Ryan, what's up? Not much. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good to have you. Thanks for joining. So, yeah, I'll really start with uh, with what I guess. Your opinion so far um, of Colorado State so far this year? It seems like they're a pretty solid team, you know, with losses to Colorado and, and Alabama, um, which you can't necessarily um, fault too much. But um, but what are the what are some of the? Uh, you know, I guess one. Let's start with that. What what are some of your thoughts of of the uh, Rams this year? Yeah, so uh, I think going into the season, I think, um, you know, there's <clears throat> there's been high expectations for, you know, a lot of the last few years going into the seasons. But I think more than uh, really any of the recent years um, going into this season, there's a lot more expectations as far as a team that could legitimately win the conference title or at least compete for the Mountain Division. Right. Um, and I think up to this point, I don't think, uh, any of those sentiments have really changed. As you mentioned, their two losses are to Alabama and Colorado. Um, and that Colorado game was, um, for those of you that watched, it was pretty <clears throat> um, debatable with the three offensive pass interference calls. I'm not saying CSU would have won. The Colorado uh, you know, think, game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think Colorado still outplayed uh, CSU, but still those three uh, offensive pass interference calls negated um, two touchdowns and another big play, which were, you know, essentially all of CSU's big plays that game offensively. So anyways, this team could be realistically four to one. Um, and of course they played pretty well at Alabama minus the first, you know, eight minutes of the game when they got down 17, nothing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a team last week that put up a lot of numbers offensively, uh, at Hawaii, a team that, you know, Hawaii's a solid team, at least offensively. Um, they're kind of, you know, a little bit, um, inconsistent, but they can put up some numbers offensively. So really CSU dominated that game. And I think, um, you know, this is a team that can compete for the conference without question. I think, um, you know, offensively, this is probably the best team in the conference from an offensive point of view, defensively, uh, there are a lot of improved from a year ago. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say they're the best in the conference because I don't think that's true at all, but, you know, they don't have like the type of playmakers overall that can really change games, but they do 
they are playing a lot better as a unit and they respond better to adversity and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, this game is definitely going to be interesting as far as, you know, who's going to have a leg up after this, whoever wins, um, you know, the mountain division certainly is going to be very challenging. Right. Um, you know, a lot of competitive teams. So yeah, Saturday is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people remember the, not only the game from last year, um, with the Aggies, I mean, really, it, it's it's hard to, to argue otherwise. Basically, gave it away and and did everything wrong in the second half, um, and uh, and let Colorado State obviously get get the win. I mean, it, that I was at that game, and it's hard to hard to even explain how how that was possible. And I think you know, last year the Colorado State's defensive line, we even talked about it before the game. Um, you and I about how the defensive line was kind of struggling and, and everything, and the Aggies should be able to to run against that team. What? How is that looking this year? I guess what's the uh, what's the weakness this year on the defense? You mentioned the offense is pretty solid across the board, but what, what about what's the struggles with the defense? Yeah, so I think the defensive line, uh, just starting there, it's a little bit better as far as <clears throat> um, I think they're deeper. I think they're more experienced. Um, last year was a pretty young group with, you know, a lot of the guys that were playing were either, you know, underclassmen or first-year starters, even if they were, you know, juniors or seniors. This year, a lot of those guys return. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's a unit that's good. It, it certainly does not dominate either in the run game or uh, getting after the quarterback. I think it's just a – it's an okay group up front. Um, I think their linebackers are definitely the strength of the defense. Um, Josh Watson in the middle uh, is an all-conference type player. Um, you know, he's the leading tackler for CSU, and he's really stepped up this year as a leader. And really, um, he had a lot of ability prior, but really didn't make much noise until this season. Really, the home opener against Oregon State, he had an interception, led the team in tackles. Um, and like I said, he still leads the team in tackles. So he's a guy in the middle to uh, look for. Um Evan Colorito is not a guy. He's on the outside, outside linebacker. He's a guy that's a senior leader. He's very good in the run game, but uh, even though he does play buck outside linebacker, he doesn't, um, you know, rushing the quarterback, ironically, isn't necessarily one of his strengths, although he did get a sack last week against Hawaii. Um, and then the secondary, um, their cornerbacks um, are very inexperienced. Um, they have a first-year starter who actually Anthony Hawkins played receiver last year as a true freshman. He's now starting cornerback. Um, he's been a liability at times. Um, and their other cornerback, Justin Sweet, he's a senior, but he's played safety a lot of his career. So I would certainly say the lack of pass rush and their cornerbacks are definitely the weaknesses of the defense. Um, the safety play is very strong. They have three very capable guys, uh, sound tacklers and playmakers back there. But definitely the cornerbacks – a little bit of a liability, and there's been a lack of a pass rush, which has been um, definitely a big issue that I think is going to, um, you know, could bite them in the butt, you know, down the road when they play better teams. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned the the safeties because um, I think a lot of Aggie fans know um, Jordan Fogle, not only from when he was with the right. Utes, but even back to, to junior college. He had a couple teammates at Utah State. Um, it came on a, on a visit to Utah state and then he got injured and, and it 
different things happened or whatever, and then he ended up getting an offer to uh, Utah at the last minute. Um, didn't come to Utah State, but ended up at Utah, but only for a year, and now he's at Colorado State. So he's kind of got a crazy, crazy story, and uh, he's kind of an older guy, um, but probably is good for Colorado State to add some experience to that secondary too. Yeah, he's definitely one of the leaders back there. And even though he's only been here since, you know, I think it was late summer when he actually arrived, um, he's already, you know, picked up the defense faster than I think most guys that have even been here for, you know, a year or two. So he understands the defense, like the schemes, and he's also, um, you know, kind of a vocal leader and he flies around. He's definitely undersized, um, but you can kind of see that Pac 12 ability for sure. He can definitely fly around and make plays. Yeah. So we'll get into a few um, interesting stats that I wanted to bring up and different things, but um, while I've got you, you know, on the on the line and everything, um, what what do you think are kind of some of the keys to the to the game? Do you see the Aggies um, being able to, to to throw the ball, run the ball, um, or kind of the, just the general keys? Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I think historically CSU tends to really struggle against dual threat quarterbacks, um, release mm-hmm. guys that can run for sure. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned last year's game, Utah State, you felt like they, they kind of threw it away and it's, you know, it's kind of hard to disagree with the fact that they fell apart there in the second half. Um, and really the last two times CSU's played in Logan, um, you know, the dual threat quarterback has really eaten them up alive. Right. Um, and I think that's going to be an issue this week. I think they definitely have the ability as far as, you know, the, uh, the, the athletic ability from their, their middle linebackers. Um, you know, if they do have a quarterback spy, I'm not exactly sure what type of game plan they're, they're going to run. Um, if they're going to be a little bit more conservative and do zone, or if they're going to have a spy or if they're going to be, you know, blitz more, we didn't really see them blitz that much last week, which I think was a bit of a problem. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think they just they have to eliminate the big run plays from from Myers and um, from there. I think Utah State they're going to have the ability if they can run the ball to really get the play action going, whether it's RPOs or whatever, and, and throw the ball deep. Like I said, against those um, less experienced cornerbacks. And I should clarify, Justin Sweet, one of the starting quarterback uh, cornerbacks, he has a lot of experience, but mm-hmm. he's kind of gone back and forth from safety and corner. Um, and he's he's been somewhat inconsistent, but um, so yeah, definitely Utah State could have a lot of. Or I'm not going to say that CSU is going to eliminate the big plagues. That can be kind of an Achilles heel for them. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting high scoring game personally. Uh, the more I look at it, and the more I um, you know watch CSU and and not only their offense but their defense and in, in Utah State as well. I'm expecting a high scoring game. Um, do you agree or, or what are you expecting? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines. I think, you know, certainly CSU is going to be able to put up some points. Um, they're just so balanced that even when they're, you know, running game might get stopped, they can be really creative, uh, in the passing game. And of course, Michael Gallup, who I think is the best receiver in the conference, get him going. That opens up the running game. Yeah. Um, and like you said, I mean, Utah state's a very dangerous team. They've put up, uh, tons of points 
Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched them much this year, but just looking at their numbers and just knowing historically, yeah. you know, what Matt Wells is able to do, they're certainly you know, a productive team offensively. So, yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Yeah, last year, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but last year that Aggies had so many of those, I, I call them, you know, those oh-crap running plays that if you're the defense, you're like, there's only there's no guys out there to stop the running back when he's running to the outside or whatever. The, the Aggies just were getting 10-plus yards on every outside run, it seemed like. So mm-hmm. we'll see if either you know which team can can really start to run run the ball and and move the ball um, because I think they they both have big big play uh, receivers and some running backs that can break break things loose too. So it'll be fun to watch. Seth, why don't you ask a question or say something while I pull up these stats? No, I just think uh, well off subject. I don't know if you guys are watching the baseball game, but Colorado hit back-to-back home. So it's I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to withhold my excitement as I, I chat here, not. But Yeah, I'm definitely watching. <laughs> no, I'm but, cheering for the Diamondbacks. Um, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to say that. Well, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm from the Midwest and I'm a Cubs fan, so you know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but no, I just think, um, you know, just looking at the two teams, I, I think. I don't know. I think Utah State's going to kind of struggle on defense a little bit. Um, I don't think their their front seven's got to play a lot better than they did last week. Um, BYU ran the ball. I mean, that's all they could do. You know, there was no passing threat whatsoever from BYU. And they were still getting chunk yardage. You know, Utah State knew it was coming, and they're still getting chunk yardage. So, um, maybe I don't, I don't know if it'll be uh, – Maybe it'll be a different game plan, you know, defensive-wise. But I think Utah's front seven on defense, I think that's going to be the key to the game, really. Um, I, I got really a lot of confidence in their secondary. I mean, that's where Utah State, State strengths at on their defense. But um, they're, they're, you know, down linemen and the linebackers, they got to step up this week or they're going to – I think it's going to cause them a lot of a lot of trouble, a lot of fits. Um but yeah, with with Nick Stevens, um, what what do you think his progression's been like? I, I remember when he first started, and um, seems like he's just gotten. You know, sometimes quarterbacks hit that ceiling really early, but it just seems like he just gets better and better and better. Yeah, I would tend to um, agree with that. He's, you know, he's been interesting because he's been so inconsistent, and I think, you know. Especially last year, he started out, he had one of the biggest, I guess, just most drastic changes from any one player in in a season that I've ever seen. You know, he started out first game against Colorado and had, you know, one of the worst quarterback performances in recent CSU history. He threw for 31 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns, got benched for a true freshman. Um, And as you guys know, he came back against Utah State and reestablished, 
you know, himself as a starting quarterback for CSU and really started to blossom from then on out. And I think this season he's kind of continued on with that progression, as you mentioned. Um, you know, he's not flashy. He's not physically imposing. He, you know, doesn't have the strongest of arms, but he's very, very intelligent and he's usually very accurate. Um, and I think the main thing is he has the chemistry going with his receivers and really the whole offense. I mean, whether he's, you know, it's a swing pass or they're getting their tight ends more involved. Um, but he just seems a lot more comfortable and a lot more poised. Whereas earlier in his career, I think, you know, he was a t- he's always been a tough kid, but I think he'd get a little more rattled. Whereas now he can take a hit or he can throw an interception and he's able to bounce back. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, it'll be a stronger test for sure this week with Utah State's stronger secondary. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he kind of had his way last week, obviously, with Hawaii, but I think it's going to be a tougher challenge this weekend uh, at Utah State. And I didn't yeah. get to watch the uh, Hawaii game. Um, did Hawaii bring a lot of pressures? Uh, I know Utah State, they just seems like they – I mean, like last week, it was kind of hard to tell just because BYU, they didn't – you know, when they threw it, it was kind of a shock, you know, that they're actually going to try to throw the ball because it seemed like they completed more passes to – Utah State players, and they did their own, but, um, so I guess that was, you know, it's not like, I mean, they were running at third and eight, you know what I mean, so it's not like, a, you know, traditional, you know, down a distance where you'd throw it last week, but Utah State's just been having a hard time getting, you know, this whole season, I don't know if it's the competition they've been playing or what, but they just haven't been getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback, I didn't know if, uh, you know, how the offensive line um, has has played this year for for Colorado State. I watched a little bit of the Alabama game, um, but that's about all I've seen. So mm-hmm. you can't really get anything out of that. But right, yeah. As far <laughs> as pressure, um, you know, surprisingly, Nick Stevens got hit a lot in the Alabama game, but he actually didn't get sacked once, which is pretty wild. Obviously, when you think about Alabama's front seven, you know, granted their top four, I think outside linebackers were hurt, but. As far as last week, um, I haven't really given it too much thought, but um, the fact of you bringing it up, I think it almost seemed like most offensive plays, CSU had the perfect play called where when Hawaii did bring pressure, uh, you know, CSU would do, you know, a smoke screen or a bubble screen or something like that to kind of throw them off. It was just like perfectly timed um, to kind of throw off the defense um, or you know, when they did bring pressure, it came from, you know, a nickel guy and left the slot wide open. So Dietrich Clark had a wide open touchdown. So I think CSU just kind of had the perfect uh, play calls to keep, you know, Hawaii off balance. And of course, you know, going up 24 nothing like that really quickly, um, you know, I think Nick Rolovich was just kind of, you know, his defense was on their heels trying to figure out, you know, how to stop that offense. All right, so I've got a couple stats for you guys, and they're, a few of them are kind of unbelievable. I mean, one being um, Utah State has three pick six, three pick, three pick sixes, which is, is great, and obviously two of those against BYU is huge in the win, and we haven't talked much about the BYU win, but, but um, uh, I think it just goes without saying that it was a big win, and, and Jalen Davis with two pick sixes was huge. The offense really didn't play as well. I mean, to a certain extent, I can, I can, um, you know, 
I can get on board with what Matt Wells was saying as far as when they had to uh, move the ball, you know, the first series and, and towards the end of the game when they needed to kind of hold on to the ball, they were able to do that, which I guess is a win for the offense. But um, so, but, but what's unbelievable about that is the Aggies have thrown three pick sixes as well. So Kent Myers at times has uh, has has had the ability to, to make negative plays, right? And um, so just looking at the, uh, the at the turnover battle, and I'll get your opinion on this, Ryan. But um, basically, Utah State has uh, seven interceptions, nine fumbles recovered for this season. So that's sixteen. Um, you know, turnovers that they've that they've caused, um, which is pretty, I think, pretty impressive. I mean, ten all of last year, just to give you kind of uh, uh, an idea. And at the same time, uh, Colorado State's had ten; they've had seven interceptions and three mm-hmm. uh, fumbles recovered. Um, so, what do you see? I guess in this game, Ryan, do you think? Um, it doesn't look like, I mean, a, an ordinate amount as far as, you know, interceptions. Uh, they've thrown six. They've lost three fumbles. Do you see that as, as maybe um, not being a huge factor, maybe maybe a big one in the, in the red zone or, or, you know, maybe a few turnovers, or do you think that could be a, a problem? Um, that's a good question. I think – you know, based on the numbers you've mentioned with Utah State and just knowing, yeah. you know, obviously covering Colorado State, I think there definitely could be, um, I guess, a fair amount of turnovers. Um, as smart as Nick Stevens is throwing the ball, like you said, he has six interceptions this year. Um, really could have had a seventh in their opener against Oregon State. He had kind of an awkward pitch pass in the red zone that should have been picked off. Hit a guy in the numbers and he just dropped it. But, um you know, yeah, those six six interceptions kind of show that he is liable to, you know, as accurate as he is, he can miss his guys. I think especially his deep ball, um, he tends to overthrow guys. At least he has this year, and I'm not really sure why because that hasn't really been an issue in the past. But I've noticed the last couple weeks specifically, like he missed Mike, Michael Gallup had, I think, 212 receiving yards last week, and he missed Gallup essentially wide open on a deep post and just overthrew him. He's overthrown guys several times this year. But, um, yeah, I think he could definitely throw a couple interceptions. I think, um, you know, CSU's got some playmakers in the secondary that can make some plays. Uh, Trey Thomas, one of their outside linebackers, has a pick six this year. Um, At a point that, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned CSU's lack of pass rush, something that I think, you know, kind of going off on a quick little tangent – I think Myers could have some success because of his legs um, keeping plays alive and because CSU hasn't really been able to get after the quarterback very well and really apply pressure. Um, I think that's going to really open up the ability for Utah State to have some bigger plays, you know, keeping plays alive so we can find a guy guy open or something along those lines or even take off running. Um, So that could be an issue for CSU. So I think – the biggest thing for them is going to be containing him, but also being able to put pressure on him so he can't make mistakes. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't know. I don't. Maybe they won't. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Utah State, maybe they won't, uh, you know, throw the interceptions or have the turnovers that uh, maybe CSU is looking for. Yeah, I think, I mean, those are those are huge matchups. You know, Kent Myers with his, whether it's with his legs or with his arm, um, it's going to be huge making good decisions in this game, especially where, you know, Utah State, I don't think anybody thinks Utah State's going to win with 14 or 17 points, you know. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and Kent Myers is going to be huge. The other huge matchup is Jalen Davis and uh, the Utah State cornerbacks against Gallup. So we've heard all about Gallup. I mean, he's had a huge year, had a huge game against Hawaii. Um, who are some of the other guys to watch for? Um that, that could hurt the Aggies if maybe Jalen Davis uh, kind of shuts down Gallup or, or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. I think, um, you know, teams are definitely going to start, you know, as talented as Davis is, I think teams are going to start even double teaming or, you know, have a safety definitely shadow whoever's covering Gallup. So there's definitely potential that he wouldn't have as much success as he's been seeing. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, Dietrich Clark is a slot guy. Um, he had two touchdown catches last week against Hawaii, um, lined up in the slot. He's a guy that can, you know, play wildcat quarterback. They'll use him on jet sweeps, kind of like that, uh, little speedster that they can use in a variety of ways. Um, excuse me. Their number two receiver is actually BC Johnson. Uh, he's not huge. Um, and he's pretty fast, but he doesn't blow you away, I guess, necessarily with a lot of his, uh, skills, but he's nicknamed the standard because he just does everything pretty well and he's consistent. Um, and he's a guy that he can move the chains. Um, and yeah, I think he's a productive guy that sometimes gets overlooked just with, you know, all of CSU's weapons at running back and receiver. So, uh, really those are the main guys. And even at tight end Dalton Fackrell, who comes from snow college out in Utah. Um, right. he was actually first, he, yeah, he was the first team, Juco All-American two years ago before transferring to CSU. Uh, really didn't get many looks last year. You know, he's learning how to block because he essentially was a, you know, a big receiver at Snow College with the, the spread offense they run. Um, but this year he had, a, you know, he had the touchdown last week against Hawaii. So um, he's another guy to look out for. So really there's just so many guys um, – you know, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm coming off as biased, but really there there are so many offensive weapons for CSU that, I mean, quite frankly, it's hard to game plan for. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be that'll be something to watch for sure. Um, let me. Sorry, while I'm pulling up this uh, this one, we had a question on Twitter. 
what um, I guess what kind of um, rivalry or what kind of matchup do you think this uh, is it turning into a rivalry or what do you think about the Utah State CSU matchup in general? I think that's a cool question. I don't necessarily think, at least from the fans' point of view, at least out here in Fort Collins and Colorado, yeah. I don't really think they see it as a rivalry at all because, you know, they're they have three big rivals out here, and that's obviously Colorado, um, Air Force, and Wyoming. Um, and so, I, <laughs> I mean, they already have three. I think if, if you look at you know the actual game since really 2001 when CSU had that overtime win. Um, you know, it's kind of been back and forth, so it's kind of got the makings of a you know potential rivalry, their the proximity and all that. Um, so I think the potential's there, but as far as you know, the way fans look at it, at least out here, I don't really think they necessarily view it as a rivalry. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the number one rivalry, not the number two rivalry, even or three, but um, but I think it's kind of a, a rivalry game. I mean, I just think back. I've been to. Uh, this will be my fifth or sixth straight CSU game. I've either gone to Fort Collins um, or Logan every every year for for quite a while. And I think back, I mean, those games were, were big games. Uh, I think CSU's won two in a row at, at Fort Collins, right? And then, um, yeah. uh, and then Utah, Utah State's, State's won the last two there. Won the last two at their home. So it's kind of been a home, home teams won the game and, and it's been a pretty big game, um, each game, each year. So it'll be interesting to, to see. I think, um, you know, last year was, was one of those games that, uh, that I think was a, a big disappointment for fans, but, um, but this year at home, um, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, see what happens so um and and like like you said it's probably about the same i think it's a really good um conference matchup you know i i don't know i don't know if that means it's a it's a rivalry or not but i mean everyone in your division you know boise state's a rivalry slash a huge conference game i think colorado state's been a huge conference game every year and wyoming's been a huge conference game for utah state so and and it's turning into a rivalry with you know going back and forth and they've got the Bridgers battle and the the gun and all that kind of stuff. So it's I mean it's a it's a and that's that's why Utah State and I'm sure Colorado State to a certain extent even though they might think they uh, they would rather be in the Big Twelve. Um, that's one of the benefits of having the Mountain West, right? Being in the Mountain West is Colorado State and. Wyoming and Utah State and Boise State and Air Force and Wyoming and uh, and New Mexico and you know those teams are just uh, you know it just makes sense to play right so so mm-hmm. that's I guess one of the benefits of having divisions and being in the Mountain West is what I would say so yeah um what about if it does uh, we've got a question from Daniel Olson on Twitter he says. Um, can Utah State win a Mountain West Conference game if it's like a one-possession close game in the fourth quarter? And I guess the the same maybe question is to you, Ryan, is what do you think Colorado State? I mean, they have kind of a – I guess both teams have pretty experienced quarterbacks and, 
and decent defenses. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, is he asking, like, you know, who would, Utah who State would, drive down and have a game? Yeah, who, drive would, sort who of would kind of – do you think both teams are capable of pulling out a win at the end, or do you think kind of one team has the – has the advantage, you know, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think both teams are definitely talented enough. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I think Colorado State's going to blow out Utah State because I think that's not true, especially being on the road. I think it's going to be a huge challenge. Um, you know, any honestly, you know, any mountain division game is going to be huge. And I think even, you know, the Air Forces and New Mexico's of the world are going to be challenges. Um so, yeah, I think, you know, Myers is very capable, like I said, mainly because he's able to extend plays. I mean, whether he runs for a good chunk of yards, whether it's five or six yards, or, you know, whether they have a four wide out set at a shotgun, he's able to keep his the play alive with his feet. I think, yeah, he's very I, – I think he can make some big plays that way. So, um, and I've kind of already shared what I think about the CSU offense. I think they're just so well-balanced. Um, and I really didn't share that, you know, their run game, what Bobo did last week was really establish a power run game by running 22 personnel and having three tight end sets, uh, for most of the first quarter, which, you know, CSU drove the ball down the field, uh, really at will. Um, even though, you know, Nick Stevens had a lot of those touchdown passes, it was the running game that opened that up. So, um, yeah, I think either team has the ability to go down late and, uh, you know, put up a game-winning drive. Yeah, and then we uh, we also had kind of an interesting question from Greg Stevens on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but he said, Bobo has done real well, really well maintaining what McElwain built. Any rumors that P5 schools looking to poach him? What do you think about his long-term ability there at CSU? Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's certainly the question that has a lot of... <laughs> fans um uneasy i mean you just kind of look at csu for what it is it's you know is it a premier destination Mm, not really they haven't really had success i mean they haven't even won a conference title since 2002 um yeah McElwain went uh 10 and 3 and he was able to get that florida job but even that was kind of a perfect storm just because you know he found one sec athletic director jeremy foley who fell in love with him knew about him from his days at alabama and said hey i want you and targeted him from the get-go and you know the stars kind of aligned if you will for him to get that job um you look at mike bobo who spent you know he grew up in georgia was a you know a prep all-state quarterback went to uga Started at UGA, immediately was a grad assistant at Georgia. He spent, you know, literally his whole life in the state of Georgia, with the exception of one year as an assistant coach uh, at Jacksonville State. Um, Then he went back to Georgia. And uh, so really these three years in Fort Collins, outside Jacksonville State have been the only times he's been, or these are the three years he's been outside of the South. And you look at the staff he brought with him, you know, Will Friend, Played at Alabama, coached offensive line at Georgia. Ronnie Letson played at Ole Miss, coached at Georgia. You know, Joe Cox played quarterback at Georgia. I mean, you look at the connections. Brian Applewhite coached at Louisiana Monroe. I mean, all these guys are from the South, and you kind of connect the dots, and you wonder, well, you know, how much longer will Bobo be here, provided, you know, he does see success, 
you know, potentially win a conference title, would he book it? You know, who knows? Uh, you know, you, you'd kind of think from a practical point of view, like, why would he take this job at Colorado State? Well, with the new stadium, the success McElwain had, maybe he thought he could win here, uh, you know, within a few years and then get, you know, maybe Tennessee job opens up or um, if you take Ole Miss and maybe that's a bit far-fetched. I don't know. I know he's very well liked down in the South and he's certainly a name that uh, within coaching circles, within, you know, boosters, fan support, uh, you know, you talk to most Georgia fans, they love Mike Bobo. Um, so I don't think it's certainly out of the question. Now, all that being said, I do know Bobo's saying all the right things as far as he loves it out here. Um, I know his wife and family love Fort Collins. Um, you know, of course, they're going to say that publicly. Um, but I do, I think there's a genuine, uh, you know, love because I know for sure that, uh, I think his family and certainly his wife was uneasy, you know, leaving Georgia for the first time coming here. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly CSU's got to win first. I think <laughs> let's not put the, the wagon before the horse and uh, right. assume CSU is going to be doing all these things. I think, you know, they could certainly win the conference this year. But, um, you know, for this conversation to even happen, I think, you know, CSU's got to potentially won the conference for him to even be considered for some of these bigger jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely fair. I mean, I don't think it's something that we'd, uh, you know, somebody asked on Twitter. I don't think that's, uh, you know, that's a little ways down the, down the road, but I think, you know, you're right. Eventually, if he keeps winning, I think eventually some, some SEC or ACC team is probably going to, um, if not just, you know, interview him, but hire him. So we'll see. Obviously, he has to keep uh, winning first, and probably is a is a as uh, a check mark or a, a kind of proof that if you hire the right guy and if you hire a good coach, he can win. Whether it's a CSU, USU, or Alabama, you know, you you got to hire mm-hmm. the right guy. So, um, so a couple a couple more stats that are interesting. I think um, you know Utah State. Um, I guess we'll start with the uh, with the offensive stats. Um, 37.5% on third down, third down conversions, 33 for 88 to compare, uh, CSU on third down is 57.14%, 40 for 70. So uh, that's definitely, um, you know, I, I don't think, um, I think to a certain extent you can probably look at CSU as so far this year. Um, has probably been the better offensive team, and, and that's a huge part of it is those third-down conversions and and uh, the ability to move move the ball and keep drives alive because Utah State has kind of been feast or famine. They've had so many three-and-outs, it seems like. So um, another interesting stat is Utah State's defense is a whopping 0%. So offenses against Utah State in the red zone have – have converted 100% of the time. Obviously, that's not touchdowns every single time, but um, Utah State has has yet to uh, you know in 11 attempts, um, and, and that shows a little bit about the the defense maybe. But um, in 11 attempts, um, Utah State's defense hasn't come up with a, a stop, uh, whether a fourth down, a blocked field goal, missed field goal. 
um, interception, turnovers. So they've gotten a lot of turnovers, uh, but not really those red zone, um, you know, saving um, defensive stops. So kind of interesting. Um, Utah, uh, Colorado State, did I mention that? I don't think I did. So their defense, um, is, uh, or I guess the offense is against their defense, is, are 62.5%, so they're 5 for 8. So CSU has had three stops in the red zone, and Utah State hasn't had any any stops. Um, and a lot of that's, I mean, to a certain extent, if a, if a guy misses a field goal, um, he misses a field goal that's not always you know, the defense's fault, but, um, kind of interesting stats. We'll, we'll see how that red zone battle goes and who wins that on Saturday. Um, any other keys that you can think of Seth that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I mean, you talked about the, um, third down conversion and stuff. Um, yeah. it'd be interesting to see part of that down the distance, you know, it just seems like every time, Utah State's not converting. It's third and 13 because something stupid happened on second down or a penalty or, you know. Um, so, yeah, just be kind of interesting. And the way uh, CSU is so balanced, I'm, I'm going to just guess. I have no idea that um, their third down, you know, yards to go is probably much less than what Utah State's has been just because Utah State's, you know, put themselves in that position. Right. Yeah, they've they've definitely um, you know had some shorter shorter uh, you know third downs and different things. Um, the let's see, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, they they obviously have a really high percentage of conversions against Hawaii. You know, they were kind of just clicking um, 72 percent uh, third down conversions but 58% against Alabama um, and 50% against Colorado. So uh, 57% against Oregon State. So um, it's definitely been a strength, I would say, um, for uh, Colorado State. And, and to a certain extent, it's kind of been a weakness for uh, for Utah State. So um, something else to look at, I guess. Um, let's see. What else were we, uh, we going to look at here? I think. Oh, um, before we forget, we've only got a few minutes left. So before we forget, let's talk a little bit about Utah State's a uh, few injuries for Utah State. They've had a couple injuries on the in the running back core. Um, Lawan Hunt is fine, but um, behind him, uh, they've had two guys go out with Tony Lindsay that had a huge game last year. He's out for the season. And um, they uh, – was that last game? That was last game that uh, um, El, Toro, El Toro Allen went down, right, Seth? Yeah, that's correct. So El Toro Allen got injured. I'm not expecting to see him. Maybe – I mean, maybe he will. I guess we can watch that as well. Not really um, – you know, we don't get any – any good information on that from the uh, from the coaching staff? They stay away from those unless it's season ending. Um, probably the biggest injury though is the is the uh, right tackle uh, Sean Taylor. He's 
he left the game against BYU and was on crutches, so I'm not expecting to see him. We'll probably see uh, Brooksby or somebody else, so that'll hurt the uh, the, the offensive line as well. So, um, you know, some, some little things like that probably hurt uh, Utah State a little bit. Um, you know, playing at home I think will be a big, big benefit. The Aggies play better. Uh, at home and they seem to kind of get some of those turnovers and some of those big plays at home a little bit more. Um, they kind of come out to, to play, um, you know, against Wake Forest. The Aggies really didn't come to play at all in that game and got trounced, you know, to start the game and didn't didn't recover against BYU. Utah State was down by two touchdowns, and but, you know, partly I think because they were at home, had the crowd and everything, they uh, – they they bounced back and and they were able to to come back and and win the game. So um, that's something I'm always watching for. I think until until we see it consistently. I mean, the Aggies have kind of had kind of been on a a little bit of a struggle as far as you know getting down to teams or on the road, coming out to play. You know, um, you know some of those big big games have have been a little bit of a struggle at times. So, so I'll be watching for that. Um, anything else, Ryan, that you're, uh, you're watching for, do you have anything else to add? Not really, man. You guys killed it with the numbers. Um, <clears throat> I think the one key for sure is interceptions, um, or just turnovers. I think the one thing CSU really did last week, yeah, they were clicking on all cylinders, but they didn't turn the ball over once. So, I mean, they won by 30 and then really never gave Hawaii any chance. And I think if Nick Stevens, which, you know, he can be prone to throw some interceptions. If you, you know, Utah State can get one or two big interceptions <clears throat> with CSU being on the road. I think, um, you know, there's going to be some adversity there uh, that could really, you know, we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how CSU responds to it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, if you win the turnover battle, it's a good thing. But, um, you know, Colorado State's lost the turnover margin against Colorado and against Alabama, their two losses. So, um, you know, no doubt that's going to be a huge, um, huge factor. And and then obviously Utah State, um, as I mentioned, they beat BYU with a huge uh, positive turnover ratio. In San Jose State, they had a huge positive turnover ratio as well. Um, against Wake Forest and against Wisconsin, they lost the turnover margin. Against Idaho State, it was even. The turnover margin was even. So, and they still won, but that's Idaho State. So, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, turnovers will be a big thing to watch for. Um, and really just big big plays. I mean, if, if Utah state, and it seems like recently Utah state's been putting Jalen Davis, maybe you've seen something different, Seth, but it seems like they've been putting Jalen Davis pretty consistently on the best receiver and, um, and asking him to, to come up with stops and, and breakups. And that's one of the reasons why he's had so 